0: it's time to play ball welcome to the podcast with no limits whether it be sports current events or random thoughts this is the place to step in and stay a while Your host is a proud alumnus of Rio Hondo Prep, a former minor league baseball umpire, and a man with strong opinions. Welcome to the Get Home Safe podcast, and your host, Matt Persima.
1: Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of Get Home Safe, a special edition of the podcast as the 4th of July is right around the corner. I know this is coming out on July 1st, uh, the beginning of a new month, of course, but it is the celebration, a weekend-long celebration of Independence Day that does uh, come up for us this coming uh, Monday, July 4th, 1776, right, is uh, the day that we remember the Declaration of Independence. Many Uh, Men lost their lives fighting the Revolutionary War and so many other wars uh, since then for our freedoms, not just for us, but other people around the world. So I thought today we'd have a special episode of the Get Home Safe podcast, bringing on someone uh, who I think just totally sums up America, especially the the fighting spirit of America. Uh, Someone who's been on the podcast before almost two years to the day, way back in June Uh, of 2020 June 26 to be exact so this is releasing July 1st so almost uh, just over uh, two years ago and it was one of our most popular episodes I gotta say it went a long time but I could ask more questions there were more questions I had more topics I had but we kind of ran out of time but we'll definitely get to those today Uh, we're gonna have back on the podcast today uh, Mr. Bill Lee well I should say Major Bill Lee from the United States Marine Corps Uh, he has uh, deployed multiple times uh, for the United States, uh, he talked last time about some of his uh, service and deployment and and other things that went into him becoming a Marine. Uh, he's a Marine for life, so uh, plenty of things to to discuss about that. His time here in the reserves the past few years. We'll talk about uh, the Afghanistan withdrawal. We'll talk about America and what it means to Bill and the people he's been around his entire life. The great patriots that do serve the United States military. I'm going to try to really talk all America today. Uh, go back maybe in time to 1776, to when the the Marines were uh, were formed. Uh, we'll talk about Bill's uh, Bill's job a few years ago as uh, a bodyguard. He was he was uh, in uh, security for a lot of celebrities. I don't know how much he'll be able to tell us about all that, but we didn't touch on that last time, so I wanted to this time. And a lot of people know and respect Major Bill Lee. Uh, I don't know if his uh, rank has changed, so forgive me if I uh, if if that has changed and I'm just a little slow, but. Uh, to major bill lee he was so influential to uh, my brother's class back in 2005 as a football coach uh, helping them uh, pushing them really to win that uh, cif championship the first 11-man championship in real hondo preps history he's a motivator he's a hard worker he currently runs mount care up in Wrightwood, california which is the summer and winter getaway for a lot of uh, youngsters and families in uh, care youth league so we'll let him fill you in all about that the updated amenities there at mount care and how you can come and, and pay a visit and also contribute as well so i don't want to waste any more time on this uh on this fine uh, celebration uh of america let's kick it off let's let's not listen to just me but let's bring on the man of the hour major bill lee as uh, i i can promise you this is going to be a very fun conversation and one i've been looking forward to to a long time so happy independence day everybody i can't think of a better way to start off the long weekend than to kick it off with Major Bill Lee. Okay, joining me once again is Major Bill Lee from the United States Marine Corps. We just had Memorial Day. Uh, The 4th of July is fast approaching, so I thought what better way, what better time to have uh, Bill Lee back on the podcast than uh, right leading up to uh, Independence Day. Major Bill Lee, welcome back to the Get Home Safe podcast.
0: Hey, thanks for having me again. It's hard to believe it's been uh, two years.
1: Yes, sir. Yes, sir. June uh, 26th of 2020. And I will tell you, Bill, uh, that was hands down one of the most popular podcasts. I've done over 360 now, and that one has still has one of the most uh, plays on there. So a lot of people liked what you had to say.
0: Well, maybe you were just on your game that day. (laughs) (laughs)
1: well i'll tell you what i've made the rounds now i i went all the lee brothers ken and john brought them back on this is your this is your second uh, appearance here so i know you're going to blow those guys out of the water because you're always competing with those lee brothers right
0: absolutely that's a given
1: <laughs> what have uh it's been a while since you and I talked, but uh have you had a chance to listen to your brothers come on come on here and talk on the podcast? Do you roll your eyes at those guys or what?
0: No, it's always fun to just listen at a, a different perspective because you tend to have good questions and things that maybe I haven't uh heard or maybe just I haven't heard in a while. So it's always fun to listen.
1: Oh man, I I appreciate the support. Uh we had your dad on, you know, a, a year or so ago. That was a blast uh bill you're up in Wrightwood, uh california for those of you who don't know mount care you have been in charge up there for quite some time uh before we get into uh you know the patriotic uh, patriotic talk and and things of that nature what can you tell me about what it's been like uh, living up at mount care and what are some of the changes and things you've done up there since you've uh taken over that maybe people who've been there before uh would find uh new and refreshing
0: well, first, I'd like to say that the uh, the Parsons have laid down an amazing foundation, not only for the property, but for the business side and, and everything else. So I, I walked into a pretty um, great situation where they have already, like I said, laid down uh, an unbelievable system that I get to walk into. So it makes me look good, but I didn't do any of it. They did. <laughs> um, so I want to start off with that. Uh, and then my my uh, kind of vision is just kind of take what they've already done and uh, just improve on it. uh, If that's even possible. So we've made a couple of hires here locally in Wrightwood, Um, some family, a family here that has kind of come on board with us. And so we have the, I think we have the right people at the right time. And, um, so, yeah, we're just trying to the big thing that we we've kind of implemented was the family camps. And so we've always done, of course, the kids. And uh, Now we have four family camps this year where the parents can come up with their children to participate in all the activities and enjoy them with their children. So that's a that's a big change.
1: Well, people are always looking for a vacation, a place to go. I mean, for, for us local residents down here in Southern California, Wrightwood's, you know, an hour and a half away, if that. And you can get the whole cabin outdoors experience. Uh, for Most of us know those cabins well. And, and how does it all work? Do you kind of, you give a family of four the entire run of the camp or what?
0: Yeah. So we've actually done a little um, renovation on the existing cabins to where we can now compartmentalize them. So we can hold up to 15 separate uh, families that have their own entry, their own three quarter bath, everything. uh, And so you don't have to share with anybody. So that's been a huge improvement to be able to do that. So that's been really good.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. I got to go up there a few few months ago and check it out. It was so cool. Bring me back uh, all these childhood memories. I noticed the, uh, the, the, the mess hall up there, the lodge is, is renamed after um, Philip Ostegaard, the, the, the legendary leader at Rio, who, um, who always was playing his harmonica up there, uh, you know, for us kids, the game room and the mess hall was there, obviously, so those were good times. Uh, I also noticed that there was a lot of, uh, a lot of benches around the property uh, that, that you've put some hard work into. And uh, for a lot of, uh, I guess, donors, donors names, we'll say, Um, let me see. Did we lose? Oh, there you are, Bill. Okay. But uh, yeah, a lot of donor for donors and such those benches are really impressive. What can you tell the audience about those, uh, those benches that are around uh, uh, Mount care?
0: Yeah. So that was a project uh, during the time where LA County shut us down when COVID was going on in 2020 And so obviously we needed something to help us, Um, you know, we're still here. so there's still bills to be paid. So we put it out to alumni, to current members, those that wanted to give to help, you know, through that situation. And this bench project came up where we just took trees and logs that were here on the property already. And we turned them into these beautiful benches and people got to donate and put a bronze plaque on there in memory or in honor of somebody Um, from the past or the present and so it was a really great project to help us raise money but I think even more important it was just a great way to connect people back to the camp and so now when you come up you can see um, you know past members or just people that have put time money and effort into the camp Uh, and it just creates a great atmosphere not only to sit on because now there's these beautiful benches throughout the property um, where you can sit and just kind of reflect and pray and things like that. Um, but I think, again, it just ties people back to the place and creates a little bit more ownership, which is a great thing.
1: Well, I can't think of anything more dangerous, uh, to, to, you know, a virus than tend to be outdoors and, and, a, and uh, and, enjoy the fresh air and think, I mean, that sounds incredibly dangerous. Thank goodness. Uh, they closed everything down. No, in all seriousness, uh, you know, ridiculous, of course, but I think it was a great idea because it, it, it. It leaves a legacy Uh, if you're honoring or remembering someone, you know, kids or or parent, whoever goes through there and and can see a name on a bench and be like, who is that? What's their story? So it's something that will last forever. And and was it was a great idea. Do you still have uh, can people still kind of request to to, to have one built for them or no?
0: So the bench project is pretty much uh, tapped out only because we have uh, about 40 benches throughout the property. So we still need walking space. We can't put benches everywhere, (laughs) (laughs) Um, but there are definitely other other ways and other things that we can contribute to. So I have uh, a former member and his wife. Well, they're both former members who right now are contributing to our 1968 Kaiser Jeep that has been up here forever. Uh, It's our snow plowing machine. And so they're actually donating their time to help fix that up. We just put some power steering in it, which was needed and doing some other work on it. So there's always ways for people to come up and contribute and just kind of help keep this place what we'd like it to be.
1: Absolutely. Is there a website uh, people can learn uh, directly to go to about this, these projects and things?
0: So right now, our website doesn't have anything like that, but you can always contact me. So the website... It's just mountcare, spelled with a K, dot org. And my email is bill at mountcare.org. So you can always just send an email and say, man, I'd love to come up and help whatever it might be. If you have a passion to build trails or, um, you know, anything that you, you have a vision for, I'd love to hear it. Um, again, I'm just one person, uh, even though I live on site in, in the resident manager, that doesn't mean this is my camp. It's, it's all of our camps and it's God's camp. And so we want, Fresh ideas and, and new things that would help bring people up to to again to just hear God's still small voice in the mountains and His creation.
1: Amen to that. It's an incredible place, and if you can't stay for a weekend, I mean, it's worth the day trip. Go up there, walk around, check out Upper Camp, the Archer. I mean, Bill Bill's there, and he will be uh, you know accessible for for so many different things and. For all of us former members, yeah, to go back there. You just you pause. You can't help but reflect on on being there as a kid. And and Bill, you've done so many things in your life. You went to real Hondo Prep. You in the Marines. You've done security for celebrities and things. But now that you're this is your home. This is Mount Care is your home. and, And you you've always been a guy that just dives into everything with a full head of steam uh how do you feel about being there at the the sacred ground of, of Wrightwood and and working every day out in the out in the wilderness basically making that place a better place
0: well i I guess I could describe it as my dream job <laughs> it's a job and this is kind of what I tell people um when they talk when you know when you just have small conversations about work and things like that so, you know most people go to a job and there's grumbling and griping and complaining and things like that you know my job everyone comes up here happy everyone comes up here you know looking to get away looking to have a good time looking to seek you know god here in the mountains and so the people that i deal with are always in a great mood so that makes it really easy but then again i think i just I feel this was a call from God for me to be here. And so therefore it's, it doesn't feel like a normal job. There's joy in all the little things and that might sound weird. So when I go and I have to unclog a toilet, you know, there, there's joy in that because that means somebody was here to clog that toilet, to get away and enjoy this.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's definitely one way to, one way to put it. Uh, definitely got to get back up there. And yeah, I, I just, when I heard you were in charge, Bill, uh, and and again, God bless the the Parson family for the great work they've done for so many, so long. When I heard you were, in tr- I was just like, "Yep, that's that's the perfect guy for that job," because uh, he's going to go all in. And uh, you've already talked about the uh, some of the improvements you've you've made around the camp. So uh, th- that is uh, that is really really awesome. I love what you did with the uh, the gun range down south. That was down to, at the bottom of the mountain. That was pretty neat. Um, and then of course everything else that's there: game room, archery, just. Oh, man. But Do you remember your first, first time going to Malcare as a kid?
0: Yeah, and I always do that as one of my um, trivia questions to dismiss kids from the table. As I said, when, you know, when was Mr. Lee's first time? And I usually just have him give me a decade, but uh, yeah, it's hard to believe uh, 1979. I think I was five years old, in my first camp up here. So a long time ago.
1: Wow, that is, that is so cool. And and uh, your dad, Mr. John Lee Sr. He he comes up and spends some time with the family he makes he's he's just all over the Northwest, right? Making rotation between the the three sons. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he's
0: lovely. he's kind of going back and forth. So when he's when he's here, he's always helping me with projects. He's he's amazing. He's 81 now and he's out there still digging holes with me and stuff like that. And uh, I think his first time up here was in 1956, somewhere in there. I know it was the 50s wow wow
1: that is so, crazy man. pretty amazing a lot of yeah a
0: lot of history matter of fact this year is the uh, 75th anniversary of care youth league then boys christian league coming up to this area and camp so 1947 was the first I, time they I, used the upper
1: camp i think we've talked about it before but but refresh our memory so how exactly did care youth league uh take take uh, ownership of this this mount care property
0: So to my understanding was the upper camp, which was called Camp Marion, was rented at first. And again, 1947 was the first time that that occurred. And then I believe in the 60s, the uh, Kerry Thig acquired the upper camp first. And then I think it was 1970 where they uh, acquired the lower camp from the campfire girls in 1970.
1: Wow. So been been uh, been quite some time. Well, it's in good hands, Bill. You're doing great work up there and yeah to anyone in the audience reach out to bill he would love to have you up there and if you go to mount care i guarantee you'll want to go back uh, very very soon Uh, bill we just had memorial day uh the fourth of july is uh, fast approaching we're recording a few weeks before that and um you know this is kind of with those two holidays back to back um you know basically a month apart it is a time for us to reflect on america the sacrifice and just our freedoms we should do that 365, but uh and, um, unfortunately we get distracted. Um, right off the bat here, wh- what do those two separate holidays mean to you? And do you feel uh that they're connected as well?
0: Well, I know growing up, um, you know, my family and the community um at Care Youth League, Ronaldo Prep, especially my mom, was always very patriotic. So I always grew up, you know decorating, uh singing the songs and things like that. But I think after being in the Marine Corps, obviously it has a whole different um effect on me and I think meaning, especially when you know guys that that have given the ultimate sacrifice uh and aren't coming home and their families are without their loved ones. Uh, and so especially Memorial Day, um, that just has a, a really special place in my heart now. Um you can maybe hear to my voice getting a little shaky because it is a little emotional you know when you when you really realize what people have done and especially when you go back in history and understand especially you know our founding fathers and what they were willing to give up so that we can have this this country that is free um it's pretty amazing and so and then of course you know with fourth of july independence day Coming up, I like to call it Independence Day, not 4th of July. That's just a number and a date. Um, so Independence Day coming up obviously has a lot of meaning because that's where it all began. So again, you know, understanding what happened before July 4th, 1776, uh, to me has a lot more meaning than the day itself, understanding the sacrifices that went on before that.
1: No, it's very well said. And what what's interesting to me about, you know, july 4th 1776 is what people don't realize is that was strictly the declaration that was the day the declaration of Independence was signed war raged on for i think seven years 1783 uh when it all ended but i always thought oh yeah they fought for a few months or whatever no th- this war this declaration this need for freedom it started in 76 and went on along I can't I mean I've watched so many documentaries and things about the sacrifices that I mean I don't know Bill that I would have the the courage really to do what these guys did not only sign your name on a piece of paper but knowing that you're pretty much signing your death certificate and the people around you for for years following this we're going to suffer uh death and other you know atrocities as well
0: Absolutely. And, and really understanding what the founding fathers, because obviously there was hundreds of thousands of people that sacrificed, but the founding fathers who drafted this document uh, were risking more than most because they were well off. You know, they had everything to gain by not doing this. You know, They had land, they had money, they had influence. And so they were willing to give all that up, not only for themselves, but for the rest of us and us today included. And so the sacrifices that they were given uh, then are, again, just astounding. And I don't know if anybody that had their wealth today would be willing to give all that up.
1: That, that is a brilliant point. I mean, so often we talk about sacrifice, but what are you sacrificing? Not just your life, but everything around you, your family. Obviously, those are the most important things. But it's something I don't think about that often that these guys... They, they did have wealth and could have just stepped aside and let things play out. Uh, but you're right. I don't think there's a ton of uh, celebrities or, or, or uh, even professional athletes who make a great amount of money who uh, would, would make that sacrifice. I often think bill to world war II and how so many uh, baseball major league baseball players stepped aside and went to the war effort. Uh, I, I can't imagine that happening in today's uh, sports world, but again, that's one man's opinion.
0: Yeah, and there are a few examples, you know, Pat Tillman was one of those guys that walked away from million dollars, millions of dollars to serve his country and, and felt that call, and so there are a few out there that I think would do that, but to have the majority do that, I, I just don't know if that's even possible anymore.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. I, I remember as a kid, my dad, and I asked him, why don't we have fireworks? And he told me, you know, the, the explosions and the bombs and that, that went off, It's it's a way to celebrate those who went through so much and I remember watching movies and say hey how come these guys you know they did something they knew they were going to die and my dad would just you know kind of get emotional and say they did that for you and I was like me they don't even know me but he said yeah they did this for the people that would follow in their footsteps for hundreds of years Uh, how do you explain Bill uh, Independence Day to your kids your your daughters are, are, are grown up now but you know when they were little How did you as a father and a, a, uh, you know, a a current, still always a Marine, but uh, as a Marine, explain Independence Day to them?
0: Well, I think the way I explained it is the way I grew up um, in understanding that the, the idea of independence, you know, which is freedom. freedom is not free and so we're celebrating yes the independence and the freedom that we have but we're also celebrating those that gave everything so that we can have that freedom and so there's a self-giving a self-sacrifice that uh again just my opinion i think that today's society is not teaching and so today's kids now um you know are more self-absorbed um and that idea of self-sacrifice um, unfortunately it's not being taught in our schools anymore. Uh, at least it seems like, and we homeschool our kids. So I have an advantage. I can teach them what I want to teach them. <laughs> and so they're, they're definitely getting that aspect of history. Again, there's so much sacrifice in history. Um, not just in America, but, you know, in the world, um, you go back to, you know, the first century Christians and all the different things that, you know, we take for granted now. Uh, because of what people have done in the past. And so I think we have to look at things, not just on our, our own families, our own self, but those around us, the community, the country that we're in, and even the world.
1: Hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, Bill, the, we talked about the founding fathers and, you know, they're, they've are they been under attack for years about the, all the horrible things they've done and things. And, thing, and I, I look at it this way. I think there's a certain group of people in this, in this uh, country that, you know, they talk about, they talk about how much they love America, but then they go on and all they do is bash it. and I look at it almost like 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 you're dating someone, and when people ask about the person you're with, all you do is talk negatively about the person you're with. and then it's like, well, all you talk about is the negativity. you never talk about the good things. maybe there aren't any good things in your eyes, and you're not uh, and and you shouldn't be with them, and you really don't actually like them. and that's how I feel about these people who want to bash America. No, I love this country, but all they do is talk about you know, how evil it's been in the past. They never mention all of the good.
0: Yeah. And unfortunately I think it's because there's an agenda behind it.
1: Um,
0: mm. So I think obviously I could look at my own life and I think we can all look in the mirror look at our own. And obviously I could put pages and pages and pages of all the negatives. <laughs> my kids could do the same. My wife could do the same. Um, however, you know, understanding that we are all born with sin and, you know, kind of going back to the Christian concept here that, you know, without Christ in our life, uh, there is a lot of negative and there's going to continue to be a lot of negative. I'm not a per- perfect person. and I never will be the side of heaven. And so if we want to focus on that, then your life tends to feel negative, where if you focus on the pos- positive and you, you know, you aspire to be better then you focus on those things and it just t- tends to have a better atmosphere around you. We've all been in companies, businesses, jobs where there's just this negative vibe compared to a positive one. And that's based on those that are leading it. And you can you can make a change in those areas, you know, whether that's as a father figure in your own home or a business leader or a coach or whatever.
1: Why is it I found that it does appear that there's there's happy people, and then there's people that are just nasty and negative, and they complain about everything. I think there is a correlation there, as far as agenda. And I think most people who do appreciate America, they appreciate um, godly values, they appreciate uh, just the daily life that we live in, that you know where we're at. I-, I think they they're more successful, although although a lot of people with the negativity constantly complaining how awful this place is and we need to change everything, they just seem so angry and there's like no joy in their life and they're almost trying to bring uh, everyone else down i think we've seen a lot of that in the country the past few years
0: yeah and again i think it's just goes back to i guess my original theme of just self-sacrifice and self-giving if i'm constantly thinking about me then yeah i can see where things would be very negative um You know, because if I'm always just thinking about me and things don't go my way, which is more often than not, then I'd be very negative. But if I'm looking outward, looking to help others, those opportunities are endless. And so I think it's more of, you know, you got to look outside of yourself and there's more joy in looking out for others than looking out for yourself.
1: Oh, yeah, you can't you can't say that enough. I mean, we're in such a me age now and it's important to be, you know, to have goals and and you know, try to be successful, but it's for the people around you. I mean, we live in this, in the selfie, uh, you know, uh, d- uh, life now. It's like, oh, take a selfie. It's like, wait a minute, why not take a picture with people around you or what you're doing? Uh, so anyway, that's my two says Bill, what what have been your favorite uh, Independence Day? Have any stuck out to you uh, over the, the course of, of time? I mean, it's a special holiday. Have any uh, maybe it was on a summer trip somewhere. What are the uh, one or two independence days that have really stuck out to you?
0: Oh, boy. Uh, I think uh, having been in Washington, D.C. during independence day was pretty special. Um, early on, you know, just the hundreds of, you know, thousands of people gathering in the the lawn and in the fireworks and just being in a place where you can see all the, memorials and monuments around you that represents, you know, uh, the entire entirety of our country's birth uh, was pretty special. Um, that was, yeah, I think those are pretty special. And then I think, again, just after having served in the Marine Corps for so many years, as I get older, each Independence Day, each Memorial Day seems to have a little bit more meaning. So every, so I guess if you say, what was your favorite or whatever, it'd probably be my last just everyone gets a little bit more special, has a little bit more meaning. Um, So, yeah.
1: That's a great answer for sure. And, uh, you know, you can't talk about Declaration of Independence in 76 without talking about the United States Marines. You're a very big history buff. You're very proud of the Corps. And uh, take us back to, you know, when when the Marine Corps started. I know you're very proud of its birthday every year. So, uh, yeah, run us back uh, in time a little bit.
0: So yeah, the Marine Corps uh, has a tradition where we celebrate its birthday every year. It's a pretty big event, the Marine Corps Birthday Ball, um, when you're active duty reserve and serving. So Marine Corps actually was started in a place called Tun Tavern. Uh, There's some history there, but basically they were looking at guys that were kind of rough around the edges. Basically guys that started bar fights, they go recruit these guys to join the Marine Corps. So this was the Continental Marines. So this was not the United States yet. This was actually in 1775, um, and so it was established two battalions of uh, Marines. And back then, remember, the Navy had to actually sail the ship, so you had guys running up the, the sails and all the different outs and ends that had to get that ship to move. And the Marines were the ones that were on the ship to fight. So when you pull up next to another ship or you land at shore the Marines were the ones that would go and do the fighting. And so that's kind of the beginnings. That's the birthday we celebrate. So that would be, technically, we celebrate that as the United States Marine Corps birthday. Uh, However, the Marine Corps has two birthdays because, again, that was the Continental Marines. So Congress actually established the United States Marines years later in 1798. And so the Marine Corps kind of has two birthdays. So the official United States Marine Corps uh, wasn't until after the declaration, uh, again, many years after that in 1798. But 1775 is what we celebrate.
1: Awesome stuff. Is there a specific day?
0: Yeah, that's it. That's uh, November 10th uh, every year. So that's, again, the. The the day that we go and celebrate uh, with fellow Marines, you got a the tradition is um, one of passing on that baton from the older generation to the younger. So we always cut a cake. The oldest Marine present cuts the cake and gives it to the youngest Marine present as a as a kind of a symbol of passing on those traditions.
1: Oh wow, I I love traditions and stuff like that. That always gets no matter what it is, but the military seems to have. Uh, quite a bit of them. Uh, Bill, if you had to sum it up, I think I've asked you this before, but you know, what, you, you know, everyone's kind of very proud of, of their branch of the government uh, or the branch of the, the military. Uh, what is it for you that makes the Marines uh, special and maybe a little different from the the other guys outside of, you know, the whole fighting in uh, bars thing in 1775?
0: I really think it's just the camaraderie, the brotherhood, uh, the traditions So I can meet a Marine that's hundred years old or 20 years old. And right away, there's a connection. Uh, We could talk for hours and have similarities that, you know, don't even make sense sometimes. And so I think that's probably the special thing that the Marine Corps has done, whether you call that brainwashing or history or tradition, (laughs) but uh, there's, there's definitely something special there. Um, Like I meet older veterans all the time and just kind of see them wearing that red foam, mesh hat or whatever that says marines and so you just walk by and say simplify and right away it just kind of spurs a conversation and you can talk about things together that most people don't understand i saw this t-shirt that um uh, probably sums it up and the t-shirt just says i'm up he sees me i'm down and anybody that's not a marine has no idea what that means And I almost bought it just so I could start conversations. But what it is, is uh, in training, we're training and you have these little ditties that you say. So as you're training to engage an enemy that's firing at you and you're bounding with a partner, one shoots, one runs and then you switch. So you have cover. uh, There's this little ditty that you say, I'm up. He sees me. I'm down. And so as I get up to move towards the enemy, by the time I say that little saying, then I got to get back down. So. It's just one of those things that no one else would understand what that means. But if I talk to a fellow Marine, he'd, he'd get it. We could talk in acronyms all day. My wife happens all the time where I'm talking to another Marine. After an hour of conversation, she's like, I have no idea what you guys were just saying or talking about.
1: <laughs> that's fantastic, man. Uh, wow, that's that's a good one. There's all kinds of little uh, phrases. I mean, you, you take the the motto, the few and the proud, that pretty much sums up uh, what you're talking about. Uh, with with the Marine Corps and, and the various Marines you've come across. Uh, Semper Fi, for those that don't know, Bill, take this moment. What what exactly does that mean? You hear that all the time from Marines, Marine to Marine. Uh, explain to the audience what it does mean.
0: Yeah, so Semper Fi is actually uh, condensed. So it's semperfidelis. Fidelis. Semper Fidelis, it's Latin for always faithful. So it's just been shortened to Semper Fi. Um, but yeah, that's the Marine Corps uh, a motto. So basically always faithful. And we talked about that throughout our training and years in that not only are we faithful to the Marine Corps, we're faithful to our families, we're faithful to our country, we're faithful to our God. And so that concept of always faithful is uh, one that the Marine Corps has had for, for many, many years. And again, it's just condensed to that phrase of simplify.
1: Man, it's uh, great stuff. You take just those two things, the few and the proud and simplify. And it's like, okay, yeah, that, that's that's definitely what separates them from anybody else. Uh Bill, let's talk about your your service. Um, last time we talked on here, you know, you were still active on the um on the uh reserve side of things. What is your current um current interaction or current duty, I guess I'd say, uh, with the Marine Corps?
0: So yeah, I have officially finished uh my 20 years of service I actually did 13 years active duty and then an additional eight as a reserve Um, so I will be officially retired as a reserve this coming October 1st of 2022 Um, and so dealing with some of that right now in paperwork and things like that because there's always paperwork in the Marine Corps Um, but yeah so it's just been an amazing journey um, some of it good, obviously some of it difficult, but through it all, um, my family has gotten stronger because of it and our faith in God has also grown. And so, yeah, so basically 21 years of total service, but 20, um, credited towards a retirement.
1: Were Were you ready to retire or was it kind of that magic number? Maybe some push from the family. I mean, it's gotta be hard. Uh, I, I see, you know, as an example, athletes, it's hard for them to walk away sometimes, Uh, Is it hard for you or or is it is it time and just you kind of look back and you're like, yeah, I've I've had a good run, but it's time to move on. It wasn't hard.
0: I think it was just it was just time. Um, That doesn't mean I don't miss some of the things. I think for me, I made that decision, um, you know, five, six years ago. Uh, My kids were reaching junior high age and, you know, having me there, I think was more important than ever. Um, Again, kind of going back to what we were talking about, you know, self-sacrifice and things like that, you know, family to me is more important um, and a a huge calling as a father, as a husband. So that was a big part of it. And I think most probably the bigger part was just knowing that um, I think God was just calling me to this job here at Mount Care. And so that was really the biggest draw. All the other things kind of worked out. Again, I think it was just God's timing. Uh, I don't have any regrets about leaving i I miss i don't miss the um the uniform or anything like that i just miss the guys i miss being with the guys and the weird part is i miss i miss the deployments (laughs) that sounds weird to some people probably but that part of it of being in a leadership position um, and being in a place that yes is dangerous but also a place where you feel that um, you've been given the tools, and I can credit Care Youth League and a Prep and all the places I've been, my parents uh, that given me the tools, and God, of course, um, to be able to lead and do those things in an environment that is difficult. But through all that, I think you have joy, uh, and that's anything in life, you know things that are hard that you get through just make you stronger and so I appreciate those times and it's it's been a good run and yeah I'm ready I'm I'm ready to hang up the boots so to speak and I don't think <laughs> well, I'm ready to wear that foam red cap though that says BFW or anything but
1: <laughs> <laughs> you got time you got time for that what what uh yeah <laughs> no I don't I don't want to mess it up what is that because I think I I said it one time and maybe it was you who, it's not it's not retired marine or former what's the correct way to say a marine who is uh, re- retired,
0: you can say a retired Marine, yeah. yeah I
1: mean, okay, ex Marine, I think that's what it was. was. I said ex Marine, yeah, it's almost like whoa, whoa, whoa,
0: yeah, yeah. There's no ex Marine or former Marine, you're always a Marine. You can just be active duty, you can be retired, you can be gotcha. uh, a civilian now, but you're still a Marine. Oh, and that kind of goes back to that. That goes back to that simplify, you know, always faithful. So even when the uniform's off, you're still, you're still always faithful and you still need to carry yourself in the same manner and all those things.
1: Oh, it's beautiful. Uh, that's awesome, man. I mean, Hey, God bless you. You've done, you've done uh, your service. You, you've uh, given of yourself uh, for us for so long to us for so long. And uh, Hey, you, you know, your, your, your wife, Charlene and your kids, I mean, this is a celebration for them too because they've they've sacrificed quite a bit with you being gone uh, as well.
0: Absolutely. Well, they've sacrificed more than I've sacrificed, definitely. So that's that doesn't even compare.
1: <laughs> well, Bill, I got to ask. Just you mentioned it. You know, you said you can't remember the term you said, but you said you know you're excited about deployments and, and and that's stuff you would you would miss. Why? explain if you can why you had those feelings because i mean you're going off literally to war um why is it that you will miss that was it about the guys you were with or the purpose why why do you have that emotion uh and whenever you deployed
0: well for me i think it was again going back to to the self-sacrifice knowing that you're there for something bigger than yourself and i was had an opportunity to work with um, an Iraqi battalion and in the civilian population and live there amongst the people. And so, you know, being able to work directly with the indigenous people there and have an influence on individuals, whether it's in their military or just in the population, the sheikhs, the leaders um, was very gratifying. And, so I think, again, just going back, when, when you find things that you can serve others, and this was obviously serving in an extreme circumstance, there's just a lot of joy in that. And so even though, yes, there was hardships, there was always joy in it. And so the joy that you're filled with, I think, overpowers the, the dangers or the, the
1: difficulties.
0: Um, at least that's how I felt.
1: Wow. Yeah. You're, uh, focused on something else bigger than yourself. That seems to be kind of your theme, uh, bill. And, and that we, anyone who knows you can, can know that to be true. Uh, bill, you mentioned I, Iraq a couple of times you went, um, you know, this last year, unfortunately we, we saw a withdrawal from Afghanistan that, uh, I, I know a lot of people, especially military, uh, members were, were pretty upset about, um, I don't think you ever went to Afghanistan but you know plenty of people who did. Uh what what are your thoughts on the the Afghanistan Afghanistan withdrawal from last year?
0: Well, if all I talked about was the withdrawal, that's one thing cuz obviously being there as long as we were is a whole different thing. But um yeah, I mean the withdrawal was obviously a horrible thing the way we did it and more more of what we left. Um you know, here we are in America where uh, the Second Amendment and weapons and things are, are seem to be going the other direction. Of we want to get rid of that stuff, confiscated from law-abiding people. But yet we've left, you know, all this stuff for a regime that we know wants to kill us and we know doesn't like us. But yet we left them the weapons and the capabilities to actually you know, kill us and that, that to me, I don't, doesn't make sense to me, doesn't, uh, I don't understand it. And unfortunately, you know, the military, where we just do what the politicians say, and it's ran by, you know, people in government that a lot of times have never experienced war and things like that. And so there's just a lot of politics involved and I know that's the case. Um, and that's a hard pill to swallow. Uh, and that can be even in combat. You know, there was times where we had our hands tied where rules of engagement were changed and we weren't allowed to do certain things that put us in very dangerous situations. But again, you, you have to make those individual decisions yourself. And, uh, the more importantly, you got to live with them when you come back and return to civilian life. So to me, uh, I don't, again, I don't have any regrets. There was times where (laughs) I was ready to disobey orders because I didn't believe in them and I didn't think they were right. And, by the grace of God, uh, things came into those situations where I didn't have to make that decision. And so I'm grateful for that because I don't think I could live with myself if I made uh, or if I followed an order that I didn't
1: believe in. That's uh, it's well said. And I know that there were a lot of people um, there on the ground when that was happening. Uh, again, a lot of military members that uh, did not feel. was happening was right and they were ordered to do it and unfortunately we saw you know some severe loss of life there um in the in the days uh of it all wrapping up and some my i mean loss of life is is never acceptable but but for it to happen you know right at the end there as we were withdrawing uh was just heartbreaking to me for for especially the young men and women they were so young i think four of them here from southern california and that just uh it didn't sit well I was so angry, and it made me even more angry to uh, on top of what we were seeing with um you know the the great escape or whatever you want to call it from Afghanistan yeah um
0: yeah
1: i agree. yeah, it's just very very tough um bill let's let's kind of let me ask you a random question here you know've mentioned the Bible multiple times, and uh we all read a lot of the stories and know the stories, but uh there's been some great warriors in the bible uh some that come to mind are uh joshua uh, david uh just to name uh, name a few uh do, do you ever look back at the bible and stories and, and warriors from the bible that ever stood out to you as someone who ended up going into combat and things who from the bible uh, are some of your favorite warriors
0: well, growing up, I, I would say Joshua was my, my favorite warrior and, uh, probably from that old movie, 10 commandments with, uh, Charlton Heston. And I don't know the guy that played Joshua in that, but he was just a guy that I just thought, you know, like, man, that guy's awesome. You know, he's a warrior. He's a leader. And, uh, it, it, that's interesting because I've actually thought about this a lot and read about this, but here's the amazing part. Cause yes, those guys were amazing warriors. But if you think about one of Joshua's biggest battles, right? Um, Jericho, what did he do? He didn't do much. God did it all. You know, the walls came down not because of how great of a warrior he was because he had faith in God and allowed God to win the battles for him. And so that's been a big key In my military life, but also just in my life in general, is that, okay, yeah, there's battles, whether they're physical or mental or spiritual, and and God has to be the one that is going to bring us victory in those.
1: Yeah, Gideon comes to mind, you know, with 300. And again, similar to Joshua it was like, uh, we have too many people, we need this to be given for the glory of God. Uh, now, in theory, that sounds that sounds uh, cool, but I mean, if you're on the <laughs> ground like you are, no, no, we need less guys to accomplish this. I mean, that that doesn't sound logical, but it isn't.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, a little bit different because you know God spoke directly to them then. Where you know now it's a little bit different where we're getting uh, His word through through the Word, Scripture of yeah. the Bible, and and prayer and stuff like that. So yeah, but if I knew I heard God's voice and said, yeah, you can do this with 300 people. That'd be that'd be tough to have the faith to go. Okay, yeah, you know when I'm facing thousands.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Oh no. Joshua led the, you know the the Israelites into the promised land. But in Jericho was the the famous battle. One of my favorite stories though is AI and how they went in, they got beat, found out why they got beat, and then the second time, uh, Joshua being super tactical, he goes in, they withdraw, they get pursued other half of his army goes in destroys the city and then comes at him from behind and it was like that was one of the first stories i was like oh man that was like okay i see that's that's being a true general you know having a plan and executing it yeah.
0: yeah actually had some tactics there
1: yeah definitely one of that just uh from from the good book way back when uh you know bill we talked 2 years ago and didn't get to touch on this aspect of your life and i don't know how much of it you can share with us but some of the fans were like, hey, we didn't hear about Bill's uh, work in security, working as a bodyguard. Uh, what, what was it um, that, what was some of the work you did? Uh, for how long did you do it? And how did you get into it?
0: Okay, so that was a company um, that did executive security. So, yeah, basically bodyguarding for the, the uber rich and uh, yeah, it was interesting how I got the job. So when I came off of active duty the first time in the Marine Corps in 2000, late, or early 2005, late 2004, uh, I had just finished um, a year of being a hand-to-hand uh, combat instructor. And so I had this energy, I guess, that was just kind of bubbling up inside of me and this, just to turn it off was very difficult. So the work that I was looking to do Um, And I was coaching again at Kyrie League, but the job that I was looking to do was something that was a little more, I guess, intense or to keep that fire alive. And so uh, I went down to Los Angeles to um, get a guard card as well as uh, get certified in weapons handling in L.A. County. And when I shot at the range, uh, just because of my Marine Corps shooting and things like that, I shot on this range they had a course and I, I aced it. And so the guy that was running the course, I think was a retired LAPD, like 40 years on the force. And uh comes up to me, he's like, Hey, he's like, who, who are you trying to work for? I said, I don't really have any idea yet. I just got a couple of places I'm calling. He's like, I got, I got a company that might want you. So he gives me this card. It was very, you ever seen the movie, like men in black, this is kind of how I tell the story. It's kind of weird. <laughs> It was like a black card with a name and a number. Uh, To make a long story short, um, you know, I contact the number. I go down to L.A. and interview in this nondescript building. Um, Very secretive. Uh, End up getting the job with multiple guys that they brought on. And then from there, there was a, a weeding out process. So it was physical fitness. It was mental. There was polygraphs. There was all kinds of stuff that they did. And then it weeded it down to just a handful of guys. And then we got hired onto this job. And again, it was executive protection. And a lot of it was, you know, on site with really high tech equipment, um, monitoring, hearing devices, different things on, you know, huge properties, which I didn't really enjoy. And so I got involved with what they call details, where you go out with people and then you'd usually have two agents on a person. And then you basically were in charge of protecting them. And so that was what I got involved with. Uh, It was very demanding. I was gone a lot. So I was, you know, in Manhattan, I was in San Francisco. I was in London. I was in Cannes, France. I was different places across the world. And to be honest, I quit the job after nine months because it was more demanding than the Marine Corps. And the reason I got out of the Marine Corps was to spend more time with my family.
1: (laughs) Yeah. What, uh, I mean, did you, it sounds like you were in a lot of big cities, uh, a lot of travel, of course. And, uh, one thing I've learned from some other guys who work kind of private security is like when they need you, they need you. It doesn't matter if it's Christmas day or what If if the, uh, not, not, if the, uh, the, the person who needs the security, if they're moving or doing something, uh, you got to drop what you're doing and, and, and be there. So was that kind of the experience?
0: Yeah, that was, and that was actually, um how I ended up quitting the job it was kind of a last straw thing where it was yeah you have the your bags packed by the door kind of ready to go on call and I was actually uh, had a couple days off and I was going to take my wife to something really special and we're actually on our way driving to the events and I got the call that I needed to come in (laughs) and that was kind of it I'm like okay this isn't working out and so that was kind of the last straw when I ended up finally calling them and saying yeah this isn't gonna
1: work how was uh how was your experience at least with the the people you were uh helping protect were, were most of them uh pretty cool did they learn your name i mean what was what was that like
0: yeah and the story that i tell um so one of the guys again Uh, most of our protective stuff was paid for by the corporations. So like Sony pictures and things like that. So it wasn't always necessarily by the individuals we were protecting. And so, you know, if it was a film uh, that was being promoted around the world, you know, it was usually the picture company that would uh, have us come, the agents to protect uh, the movie stars, but also just the whole entourage. Uh, But one of the people that were a part of that was Tom Hanks, and obviously he's probably the most well-known of a lot of celebrities, and I had a pretty good experience with him where I was at one of the homes where they're doing uh, film premieres and things, and he drives up, and this is when the Prius car first came out, and he was like super excited about this new electric car, and he's... So I come up, you know, and I got the earpiece in with the suit on, and I walk over and, you know, to get him out of the car and bring him into the house. And he's telling me all about this car, and it's just really funny. And anyway, so we're just having small talk, and you know, he learns my name. And then uh, several months later, I run run into him again, and he comes up and he's like, "Hey, Bill, how's it going?" And he starts talking about stuff that we had talked about. And this guy probably sees thousands of people a day, so for me, it was just very impressive. His 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 photographic memory I guess of remembering me and actually showing an interest and like asking me how things were going so he's probably one of the coolest guys not not keen on a lot of his uh, political views things like that but (laughs) just as far as his mind he was very sharp uh, very smart guy
1: that's cool that's uh, really cool a lot of times I've seen or talked to other guys who are just like yeah you're just you're guarding a door or whatever and, and like yeah some people just act like you're not even there but it's really cool to hear somebody that a lot more interactive and and does appreciate what you do you're not just a you know a piece of furniture or something that, that you are a person so a uh, great story there is there any any other stories you can you can tell us about your experiences there one or two maybe
0: yeah and I think you know for for us you know we're we're not the doorman, we're not the, the cook or the chef, you know, we're, we're protecting our lives. And so there's a little bit more interest in us probably than some of the other servers that they're around. Sure. Um, but yeah, they, they, they get to know you because you're, again, one agent was always, um, if they're in public, and depending on what they're looking for, uh, one agent's always within arm's reach, where the other one's kind of back and can kind of see the whole picture. And so you do get to know them at a more personal level. level. You're in their homes. You know, you see them without the makeup, without the, uh, the I guess, the workouts to get them in the shape they're supposed to be for a movie or a photo shoot. So you see them in their environment. And um, uh, so they get to know you. And a lot of times when they're requesting agents, they'll request you by, by name because they know you. So it'd be like, oh, I'm I'm going to be doing this film premiere or whatever I want, you know, Agent Lee and Agent so-and-so to be my detail of this night, because they get to know you. And so there is a lot of personality part of that. Um, so when we went to Cannes, France for the film festival, and that was for the Da Vinci Code that you know Tom Hanks was involved in, there's a lot of controversy with that. So there's a lot of security concerns. Um, and so we, we went there, uh, started out in London, and then we moved to France. Uh, that was a lot of work. Those were 15 hour days pretty much for us. Um, it was enjoyable uh, just because there was just a lot of moving parts and there was actual real security concerns. And so that, that's where I really, um, I guess my current state of just being in public now and the paranoia that my wife says I have is probably based on that job more than the Marine Corps. So, you know, you see you see things that you wouldn't normally because you're always just aware of your surroundings and picking up little things and little anomalies we call them you know that maybe don't make sense and so you you tend to get involved in things that maybe your wife doesn't want you to
1: <laughs> yeah I could uh I think we had dinner and she was talking about your experience with with TSA <laughs> you're okay. you're you're never shy I'll tell you that you're, you're always willing to engage somebody <laughs>
0: Yeah. I'm not, I'm not necessarily proud of those stories, but yeah, I think maybe it helped our security situation at TSA to let them <laughs> aware of what I was seeing.
1: <laughs> you are a man who is aware of everything uh, going on around the world. That is, that is fantastic. Well, uh, those celebrities and, and such were, were in uh, great hands. It sounds at least like you got to go to some places you haven't been or got to, uh, you know, have some, have some stories and some experiences and, you know, it all has a, uh, a uh, an end date, which is uh, which is fine. Uh, Bill, you know, there's a big movie out right now, Top Gun Maverick. Uh, I, I want to ask, there seems to be a lot of energy into it because it's not super woke and it's pro American. What a concept! Uh, as someone who's served in the military, you've deployed. Um, I, I don't know if I want to say your favorite movies, but if they are, that's fine. Uh, what are some movies that depict the military? that you find at least the most accurate. I know they take liberties and things, but what are some movies that, uh, you know, you've seen and we've seen uh, that are kind of like, okay, they got that part right, or most of it right anyway?
0: Uh, Well, I think, and I think most people would say this as well, you know, Saving Private Ryan, I think was um, depicting not only of the horrors of war, but I think just the the individuals and their mindset so you had the kind of the the guys that were the infantry guys right as they're moving through and then you kind of had the one guy who was more of a correspondent you know i had a typewriter and different things like that so um that kind of portrayed a lot of how the military is because you do have that mindset where the guys on the ground have a different mindset than the guys that are in the support roles and that's not necessarily a good thing um you know because there's bantering back and forth and things like that. Um, I think it's changed a little bit. I know the Marine Corps is a little bit different because everyone's a rifleman, uh, everyone, you know, whether you're a cook or an infantry guy, you're expected to shoot and do what you need to do if the time comes. Um, but I think just the, the mental uh, aspects of these guys at night when they're sitting around talking, Um, whether it's about home or their mom or, you know, their wives or different things. A lot of, a lot of the time, that stuff's kind of private, but there are moments when that comes out to just try to ground you. And I think the more of that, that happens, I think the tighter, the unit got, Um, I know Vietnam struggled with this, you know, guys didn't really want to know anybody else. And so therefore, I think there was a lot of issues. Uh, The more you get intimately involved in your men's lives, I think the better comrade you have and uh, I think the more effective you are in combat because you're willing to give your life for the brother next to you where the other scenario, you might not be willing to
1: do that. Hmm. Yeah, that's, uh, that's interesting. I mean, you hear that term all the time, you know, band of brothers, brother to brother. Uh, but you're telling me there's a lot of truth to that. I mean, getting to know, because it's the fine line is not it getting to know someone super well. And then the next day, you know, unfortunately their, their life is taken versus uh, not knowing someone at all. And you're supposed to put your life on the line for them. It seems like kind of a, a fine balance, at least uh, as, as you just mentioned.
0: Right. And um, yeah, I mean, obviously if something were to happen to somebody uh, that makes it even more hard, you know, once you've gotten to know them and you've become that band of brothers, but again, becoming that band of brothers is your most effective tool in, in winning the engagements and in winning the battles. Because without that, you know, I'm not as willing and I'll admit it, you know, the security job I had or other things that I think about, am I really going to jump in front of a bullet for this celebrity who's paying me probably more than I'm worth versus jump in front of something for one of the guys that I went to combat with where I know his family, I know his children, I, I'm intimately involved in his life. It's just a different, it's a different scenario, and you're more willing to do that. Again, a lot of this is going to be subconscious, but that subconscious is built through those relationships, you know. And I can, you can say that with your family, you know, whether it's your brother, your your mom, your dad, um, your wife, your children. Obviously, you're more invested in them emotionally, spiritually, and physically, so you're going to have a, a greater impact when it comes to something that might be dangerous for yourself.
1: What was there a movie or a speech or, or something that was kind of the, uh, the ignition for you of saying, I am going all in, I'm, I'm going to join the United States Marine Corps.
0: I don't think there was necessarily a movie. I think it was just growing up in the eighties. The eighties was very patriotic. Um, obviously lots of movies in the eighties that were patriotic in that way. Um, you know, proud to be American, proud to, to serve and those things. And uh, so I can't really point to one. Hmm. Um, But it was just something that always had in my heart growing up that I wanted to serve in some way for my country. And uh, so I think that's where it came from. And then it just kind of drew to the Marine Corps because of, again, and maybe I know watching a movie called the Sands of Iwo Jima with my dad, with John Wayne, I know it was a movie that I've always liked, loved, even though that wasn't the Marine Corps. Uh, but just, you know, that was Green Beret, uh, I believe. And so more of looking at the, the elite side of things, you know, just, a, again, nothing against the basic soldier or whatever, but I, I wanted to do something that was a little more, I guess, intense or whatever. And that's just kind of how I've always been. So, yeah, yeah, I can't point to one.
1: Do you feel in some ways the past couple years like maybe the military is lowering their standards and if so why is it is it not that uh, do we not have enough of a volunteer force or i mean can can you pinpoint it or am i just imagining that it sure seems like there's been a lowering of standards uh recently
0: well i can tell you that it's not from the bottom up it's from the top down unfortunately so I think your your basic ground level, you know, infantrymen in the Marine Corps has not changed a whole lot. Unfortunately, it's the, the generals at the top that are positioning themselves to be, you know, the next board member on Lockheed Martin or the next board member on whatever. Um, and again, there's obviously some that are not like that, you know, generalizing, but there's definitely a lot of politics once you get to the general level. Uh, I've seen it personally. Uh, even down at the lower level, like Colonel and Lieutenant Colonel, I've experienced that myself. That's why I'm still Majorly, not Lieutenant Colonelly, because <laughs> uh, I'm not willing to, um, you know, kiss up to somebody in order to get promoted. And unfortunately, that happens. It happens a lot. It happens in every industry, you know, not just the Marine Corps, or the military, uh, but any big business. You know, when you move up to those levels, there's definitely politics involved. There's rubbing elbows with the right people. There's all those things that get involved. And unfortunately, um, a lot of our generals have succumbed to that wokeness that a lot of our congressional members are doing as well. Um, and so, again, it's the, t- it's the top down. And I think as long as the lower level uh, Marine does not, and not just Marine, but military does not uh, allow that. And I know this Lieutenant Colonel that uh, was in the news you know, all last year for the Marine Corps, uh, for stepping up and saying these things, um, you know, I appreciated that. And I think we need more of that, unfortunately.
1: Well, and, and to your point from earlier, you know, when you, when you're in a combat situation uh, I don't think you look to your left and, and you're hoping that the guy next to you, girl, whoever is, is, is uh, you know, check some kind of box from a uh, this is from demands or whatever, you know, you, you don't care about, <laughs> The background of somebody you care about their family and such as you mentioned but you don't care about uh where they're from what god they worship what they look like uh they're your brother in a combat situation and i feel like of all things the military is something where there shouldn't be this uh this check boxes to check or these uh these lowering of standards so that you get more of somebody in if i'm pulled out of a burning building bill i, I don't care who the firefighter is where they're from who they worship i just care that they can drag me Me out of the burning building alive
0: right yeah you don't want someone coming in because of some political reason coming in to save you they can't because they physically can't however they check the box of something else that has made it more equal or equity is a new term now so yeah the military is definitely unfortunately kind of moving in that direction where you know i want the best of the best i don't want Uh, equity. I want the best person for the job. I mean, people use the airplane pilot all the time, right? Okay. So do we need to have so many of this, so many of that as airplane pilots? No, I I want the best because I want to be able to take off and land.
1: Yeah. We've gotten so far away from, uh, from every, I think, you know, equality is something everyone has an equal opportunity to do whatever they want. But when we try to control what the results are, I mean, we're just watering down, Uh, the institution, which uh, unfortunately I've seen, I never thought the military would be, would be touched by these things, but it, it it does seem to be that way. And and I asked myself why? Why would you want to water of, of all things the United States military? Is it is it is it just uh, it's not an un, just an unpatriotic thing? It feels like there's bigger things at, at work here. Like uh, for instance, masculinity. Oh my goodness, you you can't even say masculine anymore or be a man and stuff like that. I mean, uh, and, and we're we're seeing the results of these things, Bill, at least from my standpoint, you're a guy who's always been, you know, rough and tough, masculine, hey, you know, don't cry, toughen up. I mean, are are you seeing the things I'm seeing in the world these days?
0: Yes. And I think the the masculinity thing is a good point. Uh, And I think the biggest aspect of masculinity that is not talked about um, you know, again, kind of going back to growing up in the eighties with the Clint Eastwoods and the John Wayne's, and that's that's all great, but that's not the totality of what it means to be masculine. I think really masculinity is, you know, a man who can can love and and love is going to self sacrifice. Um, you know, and there's incidents just this week, you know, where a lady on a subway is getting dragged around by her hair, and there's guys on the video in the subway just sitting there doing nothing. Like, I don't understand that it doesn't, it just blows my mind that you know, here's a woman being drug around like a caveman and men are sitting there watching it. It doesn't, it doesn't make sense to me why that something like that would happen. Um, so masculinity is love and love is going to self sacrifice. It's going to protect, it's going to serve, you know, it's going to provide. And so, you know, obviously we're talking about men, you know, in a family setting, those are all the aspects that I would expect, you know, and I have two girls. And so, I would hope that one day they find a man that has those qualities because if he doesn't, then sorry, he's not getting my, uh, my
1: blessings. (laughs) Love it, Bill. I've, I've looked a long time for an answer to the whole, you know, a good, a good answer to the, to the masculinity uh, issue. We'll say, I think you summed it up perfect. I've never thought of it's actually the exact opposite of what uh, the, neg- you know, the negative approaches. all oh, masculine. That's just about sticking your chest out and, and the old good old boys and stuff. No, it, it is founded in love. Cause you don't, you don't run towards a machine gun just cause you're trying to be tough. You're doing that because y- you love the people around you and the people you're trying to protect. So my mind is just blown by, uh, by your explanation there. That was fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> well, thanks so much, Bill, uh, masculine. I know we could talk about your, you're an outdoorsman. You've been in combat. You, uh, uh, you're doing the Lord's work there in, uh, in Wrightwood, man, any, any future plans here upcoming for, uh, maybe a, a summer vacation with the family or, uh, just, uh, more, more improvements there at, uh, Mount care.
0: Yeah. So I, I kind of have to be forced to take vacations to be honest. So I'm thankful for my wife. <laughs> now we usually get together with my extended family. So I grew up with two brothers, my older brother, John, my younger brother, Ken. So we're all getting together in the end of August. We usually try to get together once a year. Um, Again, our family is pretty close, pretty tight. And so this is important to us to really all come together. Um, So my dad just turned 81. So we're going to be celebrating that when we get together. Uh, The kids are growing up. So I got one of my nephews already in college. Uh, Other ones are getting older. My kids are going to be 17 and 15 here. And so the more that we can do this before they're kind of all off to the wind doing their own lives. Um, we, we want to do that and we think it's important. So, and again, kind of going back to masculinity my dad, I think in my mind is one of the great examples of that. He's kind of a strong silent type, but definitely has the characteristic that I most admire. And that's, that's the love, you know, love of his family, love of others and just self-sacrificing uh, his whole life. So
1: definitely. And you know what, Bill, when the kids are getting older, you know what that means? For you and uh, John and Ken, also right, like, you guys aren't staying at one age. Also, you guys are you guys are climbing the ladder as well, man.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> those are those are some some realities that are are definitely uh, catching up to me now. And, you know, twenty years of the ring core uh, comes with some some physical elements that uh, it brings, and so. But uh, I'm thankful that at least I have all my parts and pieces, and uh, God willing, we'll be able to keep doing this work here until He calls me somewhere else.
1: Hey man man, what is a place for you not vacation wise with family, but you like I said, you're always running, you seem like an up early uh work all day kind of guy what what's an activity, a hobby? maybe it's just a devotion or whatever that gives you a moment to what what brings you down for at least for i don't know twenty minutes or something that you can just be like uh get get at peace a little bit and just kind of calm your 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 not your nerves but calm your body calm your is there anything that's kind of like an escape for you daily or monthly or something um
0: yeah it's interesting because my escape is my work to be honest i actually love what i do um but i think for me um there definitely are times where i just need to like be quiet and still and those are usually times when it's usually my daughters actually And so, you know, I'll just go into their bedroom or whatever at night and just kind of lay next to them and we'll just talk for a little bit. They'll tell me about their day or things they're dealing with. And it's just, you know, it could be 10 minutes, it could be 30. And it's just um, a time where, you know, we can kind of just reflect and relax. And so I think those private times with family uh, where there's nothing that we're trying to do or accomplish, we're just simply just talking and having conversations are special to me.
1: Wow, that's beautiful. Well, Bill, uh, you know, as we wrap up here uh, again, 4th of July or Independence Day, as it should be called uh, here uh, in 2022, um, final thoughts, what, what Independence Day means to you and just kind of a final message to uh, the listeners out there about ways to uh, really always honor uh, Independence Day and Memorial Day that that just occurred.
0: Yeah, I think the biggest thing for me is just um, having you know, if you're a school teacher or a parent or whatever, is just sitting down and, and talking about what it means and the history. There's so many people that have no idea what, what Independence Day is or you know was. Uh, I know I know Memorial Day, I was watching this thing where a guys interviewing people and he's kind of making things up about what Memorial Day isn't. And people are like, oh yeah, yeah, that's great. You know, we're celebrating the Wright brothers today. That's wonderful. And they have no idea what Memorial Day was and it just it's unfortunate cuz we're not teaching it. So I think the best way that you can honor those whether it was Memorial Day or you know Independence Day coming up to celebrate is just teach and and teach the young people what this means and why we have what we have and the sacrifices that people were willing to give so that we can celebrate. We can go to church. We can do all these things without the government, you know, forcing us not to or you know having to hide uh, in caves or whatever it might be. And so to me, it's just educating those around us so that they understand what it is that we're celebrating. It's just not a time to barbecue or whatever.
1: Couldn't have said it better myself, Bill Lee. Thank you so much for your service uh, for the sacrifices, not just you, but your family and for coming on here on the podcast. And of course the great wake your work you're doing up in Mount care. I look forward to having you back on the podcast very very soon major bill lee i salute you sir happy independence day and thanks so much for coming on the get home safe podcast
0: thank you matt i really appreciate it take care everybody
1: major bill lee on the get home safe podcast once again i can promise you this it will not be his final appearance we will probably have him back on here annually maybe every uh fourth of july or excuse me independence day how dare i uh independence day indeed i think it's very fitting to have him on uh this time of year and so uh yeah we're gonna bring him back i think uh not let two years go by the be, uh between uh, us talking so bill lee god bless you can't thank you enough for your service and it's so great to hear um your your influence that uh you know those who've come before you have provided upon you and just uh i can't say thank you enough for so many of the things you've done so guys this is what we're talking about the get home safe podcast this isn't just about uh, sports or current events this is about history and the people that have come before us that have made our country great and yes it is a great country there's no better place in the world uh to live that's why so many people want to come here because it has freedom uh at least for now We're, we're fighting the good fight still here on the podcast and around the country but in all seriousness uh declaration of independence 1776 uh july 4th you know it's always important to remember that date and to honor it respect it embrace the freedoms we have so many people just go about life like oh it's no big deal no we need to honor those who have paid the ultimate sacrifice for us and show respect to this great country that we are so fortunate to live in and it's a courtesy of so many uh men and women like the great bill lee who was on here today humble as always but um you know, someone that we can always uh, look back on and just appreciate. Uh, and, and I hope you guys do get a chance to get up to Mount Care and check out the great work he's doing. You, you, I promise you, you'll want to go back immediately and you will have a great time. Guys, that wraps up this week of episodes on the Get Home Safe podcast. This month that has quickly flown by flown by. Uh, here on uh, July 1st, our, our July 4th Independence Day episode, uh, you know, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll be out on July 1st here. Um, but uh, it's been a busy month for me recording quite a bit with guests and things i recorded. Even today, it was multiple interviews I did. So I stockpile them and release them weekly. Uh, but for now, I'm not sure if I'm taking a break yet after uh, Independence Day to kind of build up uh, some stamina for the Charge to Keep podcast that I am uh, doing currently in uh, in support of Rio Hondo Prep Football and Rio Hondo Prep Athletics. So that's going to take a lot of my time here, August through november and uh, so i may step away from the interviews here on the get home safe podcast on fridays at least for now just take a break and what better way to, uh, to take a breath than after a great conversation with major bill lee so hopefully you guys enjoyed this one as much as the first episode with him way back june 26th of 2020 definitely go back and check that out if you haven't heard or if you want to re-listen uh it, it was uh, one of our most popular episodes so we'll have bill 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 Lee back on uh, in in, uh, probably less than a year. But uh, hopefully you guys enjoyed that. Have a great weekend, everybody. God bless America. God bless the men and women like Bill Lee who have uh, served and paved the way for our success and freedoms. Have have a great time. Uh, Overindulge, uh, eat, drink, be merry, enjoy the pool, enjoy the barbecue, enjoy the fireworks. But please remember that all of this is for a reason. All of this is... Uh, is courtesy of those who have uh, paved the way for us. So God bless America, everybody. Uh, USA, USA, be proud of that red, white, and blue. 365 days a year. Don't be uh, don't be an America basher. We, uh, we live in the greatest country, country in the world and we need to honor and respect that every day, but especially on Independence Day. Have a great weekend, everybody. Enjoy. God bless America. And guys, as always, no matter what you're doing, whether you're out on the town or around in third base, get home safe. Bum <music>